0: Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. 1 John chapter 4, amen. And would everyone please stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. Amen. E- everyone stand. Amen. 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 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 17, you'll find these words Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness he first loved us. Amen. I, I want to talk to you very briefly, Amen, today, about the thought real love. Real love. You may be seated, Amen. The the apostle John, Amen. One of the last apostles, original apostles who uh, lived by this time, amen, the apostle John was getting to be an old man, amen. And John at this time was writing back to the dear little children, amen, of the church. He, He wanted to convey to them of the commandment that was the greatest of all commandments, That God gave, and that commandment was love. When you look at the New Testament, amen, you will find that, especially in the Gospels, that Jesus is consistently leading us to a place. He's consistently leading us to a mindset and a set of activities, and they all revolve around love. Jesus himself said, You have heard that it was said to love your neighbor. <laughs> right. Amen. He says, Another part, he said, and hate your enemy. But he says, But I, I tell you this. He said, I give you a new commandment. <laughs> he said, The commandment I give, uh uh-uh, uh, no, not like that. He said, He says, to love one another as I have loved you. Right. Jesus' central message to the church was to learn how to love, to love, amen. Sometimes this seems like such a simple thing, amen. But I contend today that love is not simple and love is shown of not easy. Amen. Because the kind of love that God is is requiring of us, which the apostle John is talking about today, is a selfless love. It's not a kind of love that says, well, if if you do right about me, then I'll do right about you. No, it is the kind of love that will do right about you when you don't do right about me. And I'm here today to let you know that in this academic setting, that may be a simple thing, but it's not easy when you're in the throes of life and those who you love the most, those who you care for the most, those who are closest to you, let you down. When they were supposed to be there for you to take you to an important meeting and they don't show up. Amen. When 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 they said that they was going to be there for you and they was going to assist you in something you were in great need of. And then they backed out. It is in those times of pain, God is still requiring us to love somebody else. Not when they've done right about us, but even in those times to do right about them. Now, really, what happens in the times of our pain, we really want to curse them more than we want to love them. Um, You're not fooling me, amen, because I know that all of humanity deals with the same issues. But what we find is that God has given us a solution, amen, by the person of the Holy Spirit that can live, rest, rule, and abide in us and do for us that, that which we cannot do for ourselves. And see, the reason why we've got that is because, as the text says, we love God because he first loved us. When we weren't thinking about God, when we were doing our own thing and the last thing on our minds was the Lord, he was thinking about us. Way before we ever were a twinkle in our mother and father's eyes, before the foundation of the world, God was loving on us. So it seems like it should be just reasonable for us to love on somebody else, realizing that somebody else has the same issue we had, amen, at another time. They need the same Jesus that we need. And so we find ourselves in a um, peculiar or or strange position, amen, especially in the modern-day church. Amen. We find ourselves in a place of complacency, in a place of apathy toward the things of the world. We, we may have some empathy every now and then and say, Oh, what a shame, but no compassion to do something about it. And that's a problem because the Lord was about it. He wasn't just talking about it, he was being about it. Amen. Every time you turned around, the Lord Jesus was going from one village to another village, giving sight to the blind, giving hearing to those who could not hear, giving speech to those who could not speak. He was teaching and he was ministering to those who were in need. Amen. And today, Jesus Christ says to us, I send you as I was sent. Amen. That we ought to be about the business from village to village. We ought to be about the business from community to community. God has left us here to multiply. He's left us to make an indelible mark on the world. Amen. Because of the love that he's loved us with, now we can love somebody else. Am I right about it, saints? Amen. So we look at our text. And we see that love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Uh, That word is not for everybody. Amen. But it is for the blood washed believers in Jesus Christ. That love has been perfected, Deacon Johnson. What does this word perfected mean? It means it has been completed in us. We don't have an excuse to say that we can't love somebody else, amen, because love is in us. Because after all, as this apostle said, God is love. So if we're not loving on other folks who who are unlovable then we need to go back and check ourselves because we have been designed we have been completed in christ to be those kind of lovers the kind that does for folks that cannot do anything for us If our life is not marked by that kind of selflessness, that kind of sacrifice, then we're not walking in the newness of life. We're not walking the way God has called us to be and he is disappointed in us. Because God has given us everything that we need in order to live that kind of life because he has perfected it in us. The text says it clearly, he has completed it in us so that at the end of our days, we can have boldness in the time of judgment, why? Because we had done the work that he sent us to do. We don't wanna go to heaven and see God and realize that we have not done any of the things that God has called us to do. Deacon Johnson likes to quote this scripture many times and I agree that this is a good one to always keep in mind that in that day, we want the Lord to say, Thou good and faithful servant. That you've been faithful over a few things. It's over a few things. God is not asking. God is not requiring us to do everything. But he is requiring us to do something. And so we must be careful to do an introspective of our lives and see how are we touching other folks' lives today for the sake of the gospel. Where where are we going? What ministries are we being about that we will touch hearts that there may be downtrodden and there might be folks that need to hear a word from the Lord. Somebody needs to be aided on one thing or another. How is our lives built up and constructed around that kind of ministry? Is our days just full of busyness, amen, things about us, my four, and no more? Or are they about the business of reaching out to those who are strangers in your life, to those who can't do nothing for you, those that may not even know your Jesus? Amen. Because after all, love is perfected in us. We didn't know Jesus when Jesus died for us, but he had his mind set on us. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame and endured the cross. Amen. God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners. is that Bible, y'all. He died for us. See, he was concerned about our side. He was concerned about not my fault and no more, but the world as a whole. And that same mindset should be the mindset that we have as well. But let's look at the text and see what else that the apostle is saying to the children of God. He says in the text, he says, because as he is, so are we in this world. What is the apostle saying? The apostle is saying to us, don't forget that God has left us specifically to be his mirror image in the world. Jesus is gone now. He stepped out on a cloud and he went back to glory. And the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. We find that in in Romans. We find it also in the book of Ephesians. Amen. Jesus said, it's more expedient that I go. That when I go, I will send the comforter. See, God has done everything in preparation for us to carry out the ministry of of his life in the world today. Amen. He says to us that we are his mirror image, the text is saying. So we ought to be about the business like Jesus did. And so if we don't know how he did it, then we ought to take out some time and read the four gospels. Because in the four gospels, you will see a a very good set of accounts of how Jesus conducted everyday life. And it would be more expedient, it would be very uh, valuable in our lives to get about at least a portion of what Jesus was doing, amen. It, It would be good to get about at least sharing the gospel with those who do not know. It would be good to be part of nursing home ministries, be part of street ministries, be part of reaching folks at the colleges and the schools and being in places where folk don't know the Lord Jesus. There are several avenues and different ways, but guess what? You got to be about it. It takes a concerted effort. It takes some thinking about it, amen, and then being about it in order to do it. And that's what the Lord is looking for. The The Lord says the harvest is plenteous but the laborers are few. And I contend today we still have that same situation. Even though churches are suffering at membership levels, amen, the harvest is still plenteous, but what we need is laborers to go into the harvest. There are still men, women, boys, and girls who do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are still men, women, boys, and girls who are not acquainted with the newness of life in Jesus Christ. <laughs> So we look at our text and we find that this is our mission. We ought to be that mirror image going from village to village, amen. Here today, it may be community to community. It may be organization to organization, amen, on our jobs, in our schools, amen, just various places, in nursing homes, on the street, there's opportunity everywhere, so when Jesus says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few, the problem is it's the laborers, amen. And then Jesus says, pray ye therefore, he send laborers into the harvest. But by the time you begin to pray that prayer, amen, you realize that you are one of the laborers that need to go into the harvest. Amen. So while you're praying, we ought to be going, amen. Amen. And so we look at the text and it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Well, let's unpack this text a little bit, amen, for the time that we have, amen. First of all, there is no fear in love. Amen. Today, uh, we live in a world that's a violent world, amen. We, we're, we're, we're not uh, ignorant to the fact that folks are coming up in churches, amen, and shooting up the folks. Amen. Folks are here right here at New Zion. We got several windows blown out. Amen. We've had folks to shoot our front doors. Amen. We're not uh, ignorant of the violence in the world. But that's even the more reason why the church has got to be the church. If there's going to be a change, the church is going to be the change agent to make the difference. Could it be, I'm just asking, could it be the reason why the ills have increased is because this church has gone to sleep? Could it be that if we took a survey of New Zion and other churches right around here in our neighborhood, that the percentages of those who are part of any ministry that ministers to the external, amen, would be a low percentage? I mean, there's something to ask the question, amen, for each one of us. What am I doing? Where do I fit in the ministry of the Lord? Not to things inside the house, because a lot of this inside the house stuff is cho- household chores. I'm talking about external ministry that touches folks who are not part of the church. And could it be because we have gone to sleep, amen, the world has wakened up. Could it be, could it be that the saying that, that I once heard that said uh, that evil flourishes when good men do nothing? Could it be that the good men and women of the church have gone to sleep, have become apathetic and complacent in their life as believers and are not taking this seriously so they're not part of external ministries, amen, that's making a difference in the world. You have to ask yourself when you look at your schedule, what am I part of that makes a difference in the world? What, Where do I fit in as a believer? Because see, we can do some stuff and we can fit in even as unbelievers. The unbelievers do good things. They do charitable activities. they there's some great philanthropists in the world but they don't love our god but how do we fit into external ministry that we shine like a glistening light looking like our lord and savior jesus christ to a dark and a dismal world we gotta ask the question where is my ministry where am i reaching outside because if that is a problem for me could it be that it is fear look at the text it says There is no fear in love. I heard the acrostic once that said, fear is false evidence appearing real. Could it be that we are deceived into believing that we don't have the power to make a difference in this brutal world? Simply because we have not cultivated the love of God in our heart. I want you to know today that the love of God has to be cultivated. It just can't lay dormant, no. You got to pull up some weeds out of, out of the field, amen. You know, you're trying to raise up the purple peas, and, and, and the weeds are choking it out. The weeds in our lives is the weeds of sin, amen, and complacently, and the lack of faith. Those weeds have to be ripped out so that the crop can flourish and the crop we're wanting to flourish is the crop of love we're wanting it to grow and to 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 to, to be very uh, uh uh fertile and to grow and to reach and to make a difference we want the seeds to to make a difference in somebody's life but could it be that we don't because we're fearful because we have not cultivated love in our hearts we're fulfillful of what might happen because we try to step out in the world. Today I'm saying to you, as the apostle said, the way to fix that fear is to cultivate the love. We'll look at that again here in just a moment. So we look at the text and we find that the way to get rid of fear is to cultivate love because there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Perfect, complete, love, casts out fear. Cultivate, let it grow till it's completely grown. Love has to be cultivated and as you cultivate and as you, as you fertilize and as you prune and as you work with the love and let it grow to the great uh, 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 plant that is supposed to be in your life, then fear is eradicated. Amen. When the ground is fertile and it's cultivated, amen, weeds ain't coming up. Amen. But that plant is growing, amen, because it's being cultivated. Amen. So could it be, amen, that we are not cultivating our love? Look at the text. It, it, it says in the text that because fear involves torment. Those who are fearful ought to be those who are unsaved. <laughs> those who don't know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because their lives <laughs> include torment. If they don't uh, drop a knee to the Lord and give their, Lord, their lives over to the Lord, then they will be like rich man DVs that when he closes his eyes and he opens them up, he opens them up in hell, in torment. Now, those are those who ought to be fearful. But you and I who named the name Jesus, amen, we ought not fear. Amen. Because we are perfected in love. Because we are cultivating that love, we desire to go and to go places where we wouldn't normally go because we're loving the folks that are there. That we want to make a difference and hopefully we can make a difference in those families' lives and those people's lives for the sake of Jesus Christ and that we are not concerned about all of the other things that make us fearful because we are compelled by love. Could it be that we are not cultivating love our love. Looking at the text, we see that, that, that but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If we, if, we, if we are trying to find every reason not to do because we are in fear, then that means we need to work on our love. Love is the only thing that compels us to sacrifice and to, and to put ourselves in harm's way for somebody else. It's love. I, I want you to know that there was one who put himself in the ultimate uh, place of harm because he also loved. And his name is Jesus. We look at the text and we see as it comes to a close, we see that, that we love him because he first loved us. When we are going to be those that this text is calling us to be, those who are perfected in love, we, we must be those who are willing to make a sacrifice, who are willing to go places that the news says is of limits because we understand that greater is he that is within us than he is in the world. We understand that Lord that Jesus said I am with you even until the end of the age. You must understand as the writer of Hebrews said that we must go outside the camp to where Jesus is. It's outside the camp where there is reproach. It's outside the camp where there is marginalization. It's outside the camp where there is dejection and rejection. It's outside the camp. It's outside the comforts of everyday living. It's outside of where everybody looks like you and me. It's outside where Jesus went to be a propitiation for sin for the entire world. And it is Jesus that is the ultimate example of love. That he died for those who didn't care anything about him. That they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall, putting him through kangaroo courts but yet he didn't say a mumbling word. They put a cross on his back and they put a crown of thorny thorns on his head. And they marched him down the Via Della Rosa. And he allowed this to be because he loved us. Oh, so great is the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus says there's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And he says to us, and I call you friend." Today, let us do an introspective in our lives and let us see who we call friend. Is it just folks that can do something for us? Amen. Is it just folks that we feel comfortable in? Or do we call friend the prostitute, the pimp, the whoremonger? Do we talk about the thief, the liar, the streetwalker? Amen. We talk about those who are homeless, those who are caught up in this or that. Are they our friends because Jesus called them friends? Jesus died on the old rugged cross, not for those who were well, but he died for those who were sick. And he says, as I was sent, so I send you. So we, if we're going to say that we really love and be perfected in this love, we got to be those who sacrifice for those outside of the commonwealth of Israel, those outside the body of the church, because it's for those Jesus died, amen, and that he wants us to reach them, amen, to build the kingdom. Jesus has a plan, amen, and if we would be obedient and follow it, man, and then be cultivating in our hearts, amen, we will see changes in our world. Because God said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But the truth of the matter is, do you believe it? Because it's in your belief that compels you and motivates you to walk in that statement that he made. Amen. It's not that Peter was the rock, but the rock was the foundation of that statement that he made about Jesus Christ. That he is the son of the living God. And if the Jesus that you serve is still living and everything he said he would do, he'll do, then why are we not motivated in love to do the things that God has called us to do? Amen. We must do an introspective while the blood is running warm in our veins, figure out what it is that's causing us not to be uh, about the work of the ministry, be complacent and apathetic and figure out is it fear? Is it fear because we are not loving and not cultivating the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts? So today, saints of God, I just want to encourage you while we yet still have time, because the Bible says that a man born of a woman's life is short and is full of trouble. Don't think you can hide from trouble because trouble will come knocking on your door. But why wait until trouble comes knocking on your door to be found doing nothing? Why not go out and try to make a difference, amen, that you might just stave off some of that, amen, just by making a difference in somebody's life? You don't know what thief, robber, or killer that you might share the gospel with and make a difference so that he or she does not become the thief, robber, and killer that she would have been or he would have been because you stopped long enough to love on somebody who was unlovable. Amen. You don't know what God is doing. Amen. And so you want to make sure that at every opportunity that you can be part of the solution. And not part of the problem. Amen. Amen. And so so we realize that in the the ultimate example for this we find in Jesus Christ. We find him going from village to village. Being with the tax collectors and sinners. Jesus Christ was misunderstood. He was mocked and he was slandered. So if you are going to be like the master. Amen. You're going to be slandered too. You're going to be misunderstood that people are going to wonder why you are doing what you're doing. I don't understand. It don't make sense. But you know that it makes sense because you're walking in the example that the master gave for you. And this Jesus, amen, he was with the sinners and the tax collectors. It was even the church themselves who mocked and scoffed at him, saying, oh, he hangs out with sinners. But what they didn't recognize is that that was their mission too. But Jesus Christ, he kept on working. He kept on doing the master's will. He did not allow the words and the thoughts and opinions of men to shut him down. And today, I say to you, saints, don't let the words, the thoughts, or the opinions of men shut you down from doing the work of the master. Be like our Lord Jesus, who saw that there would be a great sacrifice. But before the joy that was set before him, He kept on moving And making Shaking and baking He kept on touching blinded eyes He kept on touching Closed up ears He kept on touching Closed up mouths That those who could not see He gave them sight Those who could not hear He gave them ears to hear Those who could not see the golden words of the master he opened their mouths so they could speak his unadulterated word so we who have been saved been bought with a price let us run the race of endurance until the end don't be apathetic don't be complacent But be about the Father's business While you have time Cause one of these days We're gonna have to close our eyes One of these days We're gonna be laid out on the cooling board One of these days There'll be no more work Because our night has come But in that day When we have to deal with the Master an account of our stewardship. Let it be said uh, that He says to us uh, that you've been faithful uh, over the things that I've given you to do. Uh, you completed the work, you fought the good fight, uh, you finished the course. Uh, and now I have for you a crown uh, that's been laid up for a while. Uh, take your crown and put it on uh, and join in to that great number that no man can number and one of these days uh, we'll be coming back like a great army with the lord to serve him and to be with him forevermore so right now while you got the opportunity keep working the work of him that sent you while it is yet day, because night's coming, and you can't do no work, that the night is fast spinning and the day is at hand. So wake up out of your sleep and start working for the Lord. God bless you and God keep you. Is my prayer. Hello, Wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ and once again I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast and for your continued support I will be forever grateful God bless you And God keep you is my prayer.